Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good after a couple of few good performances. Yeah, uh, pretty unbelievable week for a City supporter to uh, to have two wins in the books and one of them against Premier League opposition, although I'll use the phrase Premier League lightly. Um, they may well be back down in the Championship sooner rather than later. But look, a fantastic week not much more that we could have hoped for out of those two games um we'll, we'll start with that Leeds game midweek last week uh last Thursday morning 9-8 on penalties in the end pretty exhausting end to the game um but a pretty deserved victory we, we were the better team we can confidently say it wasn't just the luck of penalties that we really deserved to go through in the tie yeah I think it was a really good performance the best performance I've seen for for quite a long time don't know I don't know what but yeah, just a real. It was a really strong all-round performance. I thought unlucky to concede that that late goal from um, Alioski to send us through the penalties. But um, no, we just, we really dominated that game from start to finish and created plenty of opportunities. Unlucky not to probably have been about three or four nil up. Yeah, and I, I was unfortunately still trying to to get the stream for the game up when Wilkes scored after five minutes. But having seen the replay, it was a, it was a really well taken goal. It was, um, you know, the the city of last season would have been a lot more frantic and and rushed with our chances going forwards. But it seemed like a very mature and measured sort of display. The way that we we passed the ball around quite calmly, and 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 then Wilkes just sort of slotted home underneath a you know Champions League winning Casilla, no less. Yeah, it's been um, it's been interesting watching. It's it's like two two different teams, but all, again, in saying it, like last season was like two different teams. There was the first yeah. half of the season, the second half of the season. So, but so I guess we deep down, I always knew that they were that they could produce this, but it's just I guess they finally got rid of that Bowen Grzycki hangover, um, which is which yeah. is good. Yeah, and, and look, and that's a really great point because. Um, I sort of I think back to the start of last season and the style of play that we were employing was a really attractive style of play, the way we were pressing and the level of energy and, and intensity from the players. And I don't think you can just put that down to Bowen Grzycki. I mean, the rest of the players were still following this game plan, which just seemed to completely vanish in the second half of last season. But this game against Leeds, um, probably less so in the, the game against Crew, but it, it looks like that that um, style and that intensity is coming back to the players, and it looks like we have the players out on the pitch now who who can actually carry out that game plan. Yeah, I think um, you did mention the game against Crew. My concern is that with all these games so coming so thick and fast that we're going to get very tired legs very quickly, and mm. that we're going to fall into that same trap of well, from last year where we seem to be fatigued in the latter stages of the season. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Um, I think we're still looking to try and bring in a couple more players and a couple more bodies to, I guess, aid with the rotation through that with that squad. But um, indications are that he's not keen on rotating too much for this upcoming game, um, cup game on on when, uh, tomorrow morning. 
Tomorrow morning, yeah. And um, look, you mentioned bringing more bodies in, and it seems like we've found an absolute gem. And to borrow um, a, a nickname coined by uh, another podcast guest in Mike, he's he's labelled him the maestro, um, Thomas Meyer, coming in from Austria. And uh, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I said on Twitter after the game as well, I admitted to it, that our um, European recruitment, our, you know, sort of plucking players from obscurity hasn't gone too well in recent seasons when you sort of think of... You know, Yannick Sagbo was a good player, but was limited at the level that we wanted to play at. Diamande the same. Um, of course, um, um, uh, name's gone out of my head now, that we got last season, um, the striker as well. Um, and, and now Maya coming in, you sort of think, yes, you know, he'll be a good serviceable depth player. Um, uh, uh, Belloc was a was oh, yeah. I think. Um you know, he'll be a serviceable player, but, you know, nothing special. But he, he just absolutely hit the ground running off the bench and, you know, w- was one of the standout players in that second half against Leeds. Yeah, he's um, he's showing himself more than capable at, at, um, at the club at the moment at, at this level. My first impressions are um, I'm equally as impressed uh, that the ball on the weekend in for Wilkes was outstanding. Um and he seems to be, you know, he's, he's pretty pretty good with his feet, knows how to use his body well. Um, it doesn't seem like he's super quick, but um, but apart from that, I think um, he looks like he's going to be, hopefully, and grow into the into, into the season even more, hopefully, and can become quite a, quite a valuable player. Um, probably if he continues his rate of assists, because he had a ridiculous, a very high yeah. number of assists last season, um, at his previous club that, you know, he could be pushing for a starting spot very soon. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think, I, I mean, I was surprised that he even got on the pitch against Leeds because I think from what I'd heard, he he had, um, you know, he, he would still need to be working on getting his fitness up to speed because presumably without having a club over the off-season, he wasn't having as much high-intensity training as other players may well have had. So, the fact that he came on not only against Leeds as well as Crew was um, fantastic to see for him. Um, and look, just as a final comment on on that Leeds game, because I think we see a lot um, on social media from from Leeds supporters and others that you know we beat their under twenty three side. It is worth pointing out, as I sort of alluded to before, with Casilla in goal, they also started with Rodrigo up top for them, who's their you know club record signing, who hasn't really taken to life in the Premier League as quickly as they may well have liked. But they had Douglas at left back. They had Alioski who scored the equaliser. They had Roberts. They, they had a lot of first team players in in and around that squad. And um, I know I know some lead supporters who are very concerned that if they get a couple of injuries to their Premier League side and these guys are the ones lining up for them, that they're they're not much chopped. So um, they, these are that sort of either first team starters like your your Rodrigo's or else your sort of first first quarter call if there's an injury. So look. It, we, I think we, I think there was even the stat that we actually had the younger side out there than them. So a, a really tr- a tremendous performance from the boys. Yeah, it was. I think those sorts of comments I don't really take. I don't take much stock in. I think you know they we you can only play who's in front of you. So I don't think it really matters whether they play it under twenty three or they play their you know first eleven. We at the end of the day we we got the points. Um, we performed well enough that we deserve the points. Um, and. It just sounds like it's salty Leeds fans making some excuses. 
Yeah, nothing new there. Um, and, and and I also have to say as a final comment, after the Sunderland penalty shootout win and the Leeds penalty shootout win, and actually had it pointed out as well that I think we've only lost two penalty shootouts in the last seven years, going all the way back to that League Cup shootout with Spurs that we lost. We've only lost the two shootouts, which seems crazy to me because I always feel like when we go to um, penalties that, that we're, you know, in line for a defeat. But it means that during the season, if we win a penalty, I think none of the boys can um, can uh, have an excuse for not slotting it away because we've just ha- seen two tremendous penalty shootouts. Yeah, it's been good. And I think the other end of that is that Ingram has pulled off, I think, a save in mm. each of those shootouts. So, um, And he's looked assured. He's looked excellent in goal for us so far. It'll be interesting to see what happens now that Long is back fit in the squad, how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, look, talking about Ingram, we, we may as well go on now to talk about that game against Crew, where Ingram again was in goal, um, secured his second clean sheet of the season, second, you know, two games in a row, as well as that clean sheet against Sunderland as well. So he's certainly looking assured in that number one slot. Um, they, you know, Crew, Crew didn't challenge as much as they could have, but they did have a few very good chances. And that save that they that uh, Ingram made from them where... Um, I think it was Yaskalainen and just booted the ball up the field and the bounce yeah. kind of saved device. And, and you sort of think, geez, they're in here and they're going to score. And Ingram got down really well to keep them out. Yes, that, that was um, that was a stand, an outstanding save um, device on that. He seemed a little less assured. Um, he seemed strong the previous game, but um, not so much against Crew. He seemed to be struggling a little bit, the bounce of the ball caught him out a few times, um, mistimed a few, uh, like, jumps for headers and things, and they got in uh, behind him a couple of times because of that. So it's a bit interesting. He looked a bit shaky, um, but he, he grew into the game, but um, just hopeful that he doesn't fall back into the form that he was showing towards the end of last season. Well, I mean, on that subject, um, I guess both Device and Burke didn't have their greatest of games um, against Crew. Do you see um, their positions under threat in the team, I suppose? Do you see, I mean, Jones and McLaughlin both put in terrific displays in the in the Cup against Leeds. Um, do, do you see McGann sort of sticking by Device and Burke and sort of seeing if they can pull through and, and find their feet, or, or do you see changes there? Um. I think I think for the moment that McCann will probably persevere with Device and Burke as his preferred number one pairing. But if um, Jones and McLaughlin are going to continue to get chances in the cup or as substitutes or whatever, you know, or in case of injuries, I think they're very dependable backups and they will be pushing the um, Burke and Device for those starting roles. I can't. I think. Jones in, in particular was outstanding um, the other week. So I think um, he's one really to, to keep an eye on throughout the season. Yeah, definitely. And then look, talking about the game as a whole, we, we sort of mentioned last week or, or discussed last week the fact that as our first home game against a promoted club, um, you know, coming away with a really decisive win and setting a marker for the league was would have been a really great result. But I think the fact that Crew turned up and played as well as they did sort of underlines the fact that this isn't going to be an easy division, that this isn't going to be somewhere where we can just expect to walk over sides week in, week out, and it's going to be a real scrap to go up if, if that's sort of where we 
end up if we're sort of competing at that end of the table. So uh, it was probably a timely reminder for that after fantastic wins against Gillingham and Leeds to, to sort of be reminded that we have to keep our eye on the ball. And um, look, we didn't play our best, but we came away with a clean sheet and a win. So I guess that's sort of the hallmark of a, of a championship team or, or, or a winning side is that you can not play your best, but still walk away with the three points. Yeah, it's it's actually interesting that you that we that, that that is eventuated because I think before the Gillingham game, McCann was actually saying much along the same sort of lines that if we're to be successful, there's going to be games where we don't play well but we manage to win. There's going to be games where we play well and we lose. There's going to be you know and and so far you know we, we've had a game where we played really well and we, and we won quite quite well. Um, we've had. A game where we played really well and then you know got pegged back by a, a late goal and, and but still won the game. We've had a game where we didn't really play that well but still won. So I think we seem to have at least discovered a way to win, which we didn't have at the back end of last season. Yeah, and look, we discovered it in fantastic timing um, with that Thomas Meyer cross in for for Wilkes at the end of the game, as you sort of mentioned before. It was a you know, fantastic display again from Meyer and a fantastic goal for Wilkes, who who now has two goals to start the season with one in the cup and now one in the league as well. Um, so, look, you know, between Wilkes, Magennis, Lewis Potter, all on the on the score sheet so far in the league, it's great to have some goals in the uh, in the forwards. Gives them a bit of confidence and and you know, look, another impressive display from Meyer in midfield. Yeah, I think. Um... I think Doherty was was another strong, has been another strong performer as well over the last couple of games. Um, you know, again trying to get forward and trying to create things. Um, had a couple of good, uh, a couple of decent chances. I think in the Leeds mm. game, um, but yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's be good, good, good to look forward to and see how these 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 guys all develop and continue to gel. And I think you know, with time, they're only going to improve more. Yeah, absolutely. So before we move on to um, some of the off-field discussion, we, we're just going to do the uh, the three-two-one each week um, for for the league games. We we did this last week with Logan for the Gillingham game. Um, so I'll start with my uh, sort of three-two and one of most valuable players on the pitch for Crew, and then I'll grab yours. But I'm sort of cheating by going back to the well because I I had Emmanuel as down as my my most valuable player last week as well. But I just think he. He um, is already the sort of the surprise packet of the season for me because I think I sort of just naturally assumed he'd be the the backup option to Coyle and, and we wouldn't see a whole lot of him on the pitch. But he he's almost the first name on the team sheet for me each week, probably second maybe only to Ingram um, in just the fact that he creates so much on that right-hand side. He's so dependable and he's so solid at the back as well um, that that he's he's such a terrific player to watch. The energy that he displays in each and every game is fantastic as well and really creates a lot of chances for the side. So so he was he was probably my, my, my most valuable player um, for for the game. Second, I had uh, Wilkes, you know, for the, for the pure fact that he scored the winning goal, he, he was getting in the right positions. He, he had a lot of chances throughout the match and looked really hung, hungry and energetic. So um, he got my number two. And then Maya uh, with the fantastic assist and, and, again, just looking fantastic in, in both games that we've seen him. So he, he got my, my one for the match. Um, did you have your three for the match? Um, look, I'll probably just give it to... My three probably goes to Wilkes. Um, I think 
the first the first half when he was out wide was not so much, but I think when he shifted into the middle, he made it, it was a huge difference in the way that we had played and the, and the chances that we were able to create. So I think three points. I mean, just for getting the winning goal, um, and and for just how impressive he was once he moved in that number nine role. Um, I think I'm going to give two points to Ingram. Um, for a couple of really solid saves um, that kept us in the game, kept us um, at a clean sheet again. And I think the one point, yeah, but I think I have to go with Meyer as well for that um, sumptuous cross. Fantastic, yes. I, I think I hope that the, uh, the, the maestro nickname starts to catch on for him because I think it's absolutely perfect. Um, with yeah, he just had a terrific game. Um, but we'll move on to discussing our um, off-field um, topics, I guess you'd say. So starting with transfer rumours, and there hasn't been a whole lot in the last week. Um, though there was news, uh, I think it was probably overnight our time, that um, Bristol City again sort of talking about um, Adelakan. I think, um, going out on loan. So sort of keeping that door open. I know that we've expressed interest for a few weeks now in potentially taking him on loan. And um, clearly with Maya coming in, we do start to have this midfield uh, winger depth, but um, so clearly a player that we're still interested in and potentially going to pursue. Um, it seems that move for Randell has, has now died at, at Exeter. So um, I'm not sure if that was the player that McGann sort of mentioned as, as we'd had an, a, a fee agreed for them. Um, but you know, potential loan move in the works. And, and I think, again, still, as you said, talking about potentially a few additions. So so what do you make of that one? And, and, and where do you sort of see as the main areas we still need to strengthen? Yeah, look, I don't know. It's It's been sort of that name's been floated around now for, as you, as you sort of mentioned, for a couple of weeks. Um, I think, yeah, I think I did read that the, the, the Williams one has, has sort of died off, that the Exeter chairman came out and said that they they hadn't really agreed to a, to a fee or anything um, from us anyway. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I, th- I think any, if you, if they're going to, any, any attacking player who is actually going to add something to the squad is worth having in there. Although as you sort of touch on now, we are starting to, to fill up those, those forward spots when you go Wilkes, Meyer, Scott, Magenis, Kendall's Potter, who am I mm. missing? Eves. missing? Eves when he's when he's back in he's yeah. only a month, I think, or something he's supposed to be out for. So um you, there's six for three spots, so you start it starts the math starts to not quite add up. Although I know it's gonna be a long season and we're gonna experience injuries throughout. So it's I guess it's better to be um, overstocked than understocked. So Yeah, and I look I almost I'm almost starting to think that um central midfield is becoming almost the priority area. And when I say priority, it's it's not even a huge priority. But when you think that I suppose we have Batty on the bench as our only really senior body who can go in there, um, we probably need at least one more because, as you said before, um, games are starting to stack up. Um, I, I haven't looked too far ahead, but I suspect we have, we're going to start having some midweek league games as well. Um, and, and look, it seems to have worked so far that we haven't really changed the side a whole lot between the league and the cup. But... Um, especially with our style of play, as you said, it's going to start to get quite tiring on the bodies and 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 the fact that especially those central midfield players who are going to have to run quite a bit for the team. Um, I saw, no, not 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 knowing how much truth there is to the rumours, I did see rumours that we were looking at getting Herbie Kane back. I, I don't quite know if there's much truth in that. But look, 
you can also consider the fact that we've started the season with two wins. Um, if we can win again on the weekend, players like that might start to look at us and say, you know what, um, they're off to a good start. They're not wallowing down at the bottom of the table. If I join them and sort of help push them and get them promoted, um, suddenly I'm a championship player again and I've actually got a secured spot in the side. Um, so there is a potential in the next couple of weeks before the deadline that we do get some of those higher-level players considering or being tempted to, to join us. Yeah, um, I guess the other point is also we do have not a heat, but we've got a little, a few players with a little bit of versatility. I think Alfie Jones can play yep. um, in this, probably in that defensive midfield role as well. I think I saw that Maya can play in that number 10 spot position as well. Okay. So, um something I read, don't know how accurate it is, but, you know, there's potentially another option um, that gives you sort of another two um, backups in that midfield, in those midfield positions. But, um, yeah, probably another another senior midfielder would be would be nice, or even someone like Herbie Kane, who we know can do a job at League One, um, was starting to find his feet at the cha- in the championship before he actually, um, before he succumbed to injury, so... Yeah, no, definitely. That that would be an interesting one. So it might be a case of watch this space. Um, we, we sort of talked last week, um, Logan and myself, about the fact that at the time there was meant to be a trial of having a 1,000 supporters back in the stadium for the game against Crew, which um, unfortunately didn't get the tick of approval from the health authorities. And look, quite rightly so. I think that it looks like the cases in the UK are starting to climb again. Um, I think there's been now an official delay to getting supporters back in stadiums. It was meant to be that they were going to be back in October. Um, I think that's sort of a, an uncertain return date now. And um, I guess the main point to discuss from this is, I guess, the concern that potentially not for us, I think maybe we're financially quite sound at the moment, but there'd surely be a bit of concern that the longer fans are out of the stadiums, the more perilous it becomes for, for some clubs, especially in the division that we're in. Like League One, there's a lot of smaller clubs. Yeah, it's um, it is going to be interesting to see how this unfolds, and and I guess what sort of or if any, what like financial assistance is going to come from the FA in in terms of some of those clubs being able to stay afloat? Because it, it would be it would be very unfortunate to see, and I can easily envision it happening, but clubs you know going into administration because they can't afford. You know, to the upkeep without any fans coming into their stand, into the into the stadium. So, um, it's a very precarious situation at the moment. Um, and I I would imagine that you know the FA are, are monitoring that closely and are in discussions. You know, to in, in regards to those sorts of things. But um, yeah, I think we are we are luckier than than probably quite a few clubs. You know, in our division and and even the, the divisions below us. So. Yeah, I mean, it was just in the week, during the week that um, I think Macclesfield got wound up. Uh, South End seemed to be struggling, and South South End especially are a club quite close to City Hearts, I would think, because of their, you know, um, they they were one of the clubs that we played on that run to the FA Cup final back in 2014. So, and and of course, were previously managed by Phil Brown as well. So there is those sorts of links between the two clubs. Um, Wigan as well struggling to find a buyer for the club as well. So um, concerns. Concerns for a few different clubs at the moment, um, as you say, League Two, League One. Um, whether there's a few Championship clubs that start to struggle as well, it's going to be um, it's going to be a concerning one because you, you, you kind of have to strike this balance between obviously public health is a priority, 
Um, but then, as you say, then finding the level of assistance required from the FA, from the Premier League, from whoever, to keep these clubs going. Yeah, I think, like to be fair, there's a lot of there's a lot of prize money on offer in the Premier League. I'm sure that they could just pull some of that for, for this coming season and, and use that as a um, an emergency fund, essentially. You know, you would like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, 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 yeah, the funds flowing around in the Premier League are just uh, crazy. But um, look, we'll, we'll we'll move on, and and I guess the final topic is around the manager, and, and um, there's sort of two elements to this. We'll start with our current manager, Grant McCann, um, and, and I wanted to sort of ask you. I mean, we we talked pre-season about the fact that um, he needed to get off to a good start to start to win City supporters back over. If it was a shaky start, the questions would be asked quite quickly of him, and and whether his position at the club was. Um, was tenuous or or whether he, he'd be there for, for much longer. Um, still very early days in the season. We've only had two league games and another couple of cup games. But what what have you made of the start under under McCann so far? Um, look, I guess like win, wins are wins are wins. Uh, I'm happy I'm happy <laughs> to, to see results. But um, I, look, I think the manner of the performances has been encouraging. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, there's been some progress that's been made with the squad through the off season, uh, through the off season. Maybe it's just the fact that the last time we played competitive football wasn't that long ago compared to some of the teams that we're currently facing, yeah. um, which is a consideration as well. But I think, I mean, at the very least, you know, he's, he's, he's earned a, a stay of ex- execution. Not that he was necessarily under threat straight away, but, you know, uh, I guess it's going to take, I mean, if this was if these were the only wins we got in the first two months, I'd be concerned. If we continue to to go on and keep earning points, then then I have no I you know no no issues with with keeping him in charge. Yeah, and look, I think the main one for me as well was the the changes that he made in that crew game where we were sort of starting to to run out of ideas, and he he shifted Wilkes centrally, brought Meyer on. Felt like a move that he necessarily wouldn't have made last season. Um, you know, we were always crying out for Lewis Potter getting more opportunities last season. Um, I think it was just in that Wigan game where we finally saw a change of shape and and, and other things kind of tried out, uh, and that was more out of desperation. But it, it seems as if whether he's necessarily learnt his lessons, whether he's just more accustomed to managing at this level, I, I don't know what it necessarily is, but it does seem as if he's more tactically aware at this level. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point that I... Um had forgotten about that the, his, the substitutions against crew were not unlike they were well, well timed um, and the right people were brought on where, as you mentioned, it seemed that la, last season that the this, this substitutions either came too late. Um, you know, he was waiting until like the 80th minute to make a, a change that probably shouldn't be made in the 70th or he was bringing on the wrong person at the, at the wrong, at the, at the time. So I think he sort of got them both right on the weekend, um, which was good. Um, hopefully, hopefully he has learned, um, you know, he's had a little bit of time to reflect on last season and, and consider the things that he did well and did, and did poorly. And hopefully he has learned and improved and we can continue to see um, some astute changes and tactical decisions um, like we saw on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, and look, the other aspect of, of managers involving Hull City is, of course, the news that Richard Garcia got appointed the uh, Perth Glory manager uh, in the last couple of days, which was pretty exciting news. It doesn't feel like he's been out of the game all that long, but 
look, it'll be good to see him managing down here in Australia. And um, uh, I will say with the greatest of respect, it does sort of suggest that that the clubs down here are probably a bit stretched financially, that, that Perth are looking internally at, at I think... Uh, um, I think he was an assistant manager to, to Popovich. But, um, look, it's it's a fantastic opportunity for him. And if he does well, it, they've got a great squad. Um, if he does well with them, then it could open doors for him overseas. Yeah, look, it's good to see. Um, I think it's nice that the A-League um, often is, is giving Australian coaches a chance. So um, while maybe it is indicative of, a, of the financial position that um, Australian football finds itself in. It's nice to see another another Australian coach given an opportunity. Um, and as you mentioned, they've got a strong squad. Um, I, I see no reason why he shouldn't um, shouldn't have a good um, successful career. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's a great opportunity for him. Um, well, well, we'll talk now about our player of the week to review, and, and we've picked the uh, the man of the moment, Malik Wilkes, who only signed permanently for us a couple of months ago, which feels a bit strange. It feels like it's been a bit longer than that. But, um, of course, the, uh, the the enjoyable trolling from City announcing that his loan deal had ended and, and that his permanent deal had begun with, a, I think, a few supporters frantically deleting tweets where they'd slagged him off thinking he'd left. Um, but, you know, he, he, he had um, an, an interesting sort of introduction to City supporters in that first season. I think we were pursuing him on a permanent deal at the start of the season and he turned us down for Barnsley, ended up coming to us on loan in January um, and had a reasonably successful loan spell with three goals in 11 games, not quite managing to keep us up. But, um, you know, as you sort of said before, he, he's now got three goals in, in uh, nine league appearances since signing permanently plus a goal in the League Cup against Leeds, it's, it's been a pretty good start to his City career. Yeah, look, I think um, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good young player who has, has plenty of, of good qualities and plenty to prove. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing... I, I'm actually looking forward to see him get more opportunities actually through the middle because that seems yep. to be this season particularly where he seems to be most dangerous when he's operating in that number nine. He seems to be... I don't know, just crafty enough to, to find some space in the box where maybe Magennis and Eves haven't been haven't been doing that for us. Um, but yeah, I think um, he he was ended up being a, a shrewd acquisition, um, albeit a sort of a long drawn out, interesting sort of a process. But um, yeah. no, I think um, yeah, he's he's one to one that I'm glad is in, in is in black and amber. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's quite surprising, really, that McGann, in talking about the fact that, oh, you know, yeah, we, we played him centrally at Doncaster. He was really effective there. And, and, and you know, I think he, he started his career at Leeds playing quite centrally. And I just think it's sort of strange that we didn't try him centrally at the end of last season when you would have thought we'd be trying absolutely every different formation and tactic and whatever to try and stay up. And I don't, I don't recall Wilkes ever really being played centrally towards the end of last season. So that one was a bit of a surprise to me yeah it was um i didn't expect it but you know it seems to have paid off so yeah definitely so look he, he's hopefully going to have a fantastic city career ahead of him if it sort of continues the way it started which is uh fantastic but look we'll look ahead now we'll just as we finish this podcast off we'll look ahead to the two games that we've got starting with um the game against west ham tomorrow morning which promises a 
hopefully have um, either one or two reunions in the form of Jared Bowen and Robert Snodgrass, both in uh, West Ham colours now. Um, Bowen saying, I saw an article from him um, in the last day or so saying, look, he's really looking forward to seeing City again, to say hi to, to mates before and after the game. But during the game, he's he's going to be focused on getting West Ham the win. So it does sound like he's going to be playing in the game. Um, and, and look, it's a, going to be a fantastic opportunity to come up against them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing, seeing him again. Um, you know, he's wearing the wrong colour shirt, but it's, uh, it is what it is. Um, if, he, if he does play, whether it's, you know, whether it's for 90 minutes or 20 minutes, I'll be, I'll be excited to see how he goes. And as much as I hate to say it, I hope he does. I hope he does have a good game. Um, I don't really just, I just hope we have a better one, I guess. Yeah, I, I was talking to a couple of, I was talking to Mitch and Mike before the game, uh, before the podcast, I should say, talking about this game. And I said, look, I think, I think City will win 3-1 and Bowen can get a consolation goal right at the end. I think that's, you know, I, I look, I hope he has a great game, but um, I hope that we're better. Absolutely. Um, I guess, you know, compared to the Leeds game, West Ham do have a much deeper squad than Leeds in terms of Premier League pedigree. And even if they are to play their second string side, it is still going to be the likes of, you know, your Lanzini, your Felipe Anderson, your Sebastian Haller, your, um, you know, Ogbonna, I think is still there. Guys like that um, who'll be quite dangerous players. So it does promise to be a really tough test for us. But, uh, you know, West Ham haven't started the season too well. It might be a case of... Um, trying to focus more on the league and getting some form in the league so they might completely drop their focus on the cup or, or they might take the reverse approach and, and really push for it, play their first team and try to play them into some forms. So, um, look, it's going to be a tough test for us. How, how do you sort of see the lineup? I mean, you, you mentioned before Hamigan sort of said that he's not going to make a whole lot of changes. Um, do you think we should go all out for this game? Do we, do we bring Long back in for his first game of the season? Do we give Meyer a start? Um, how, how do you see the the team? Um, look, I haven't really thought a lot about it, but I think, um, yeah, probably I wouldn't mind seeing Maya get a start. Um, but yeah, maybe up top, maybe like Maya, Wilkes, and Magenis to start, um, or if not Wilkes, then maybe KLP, Magenis, and Maya to start. Um, midfield, though, will they change any in midfield? They might drop out someone and bring bring Batty in. Um, I wonder if someone like a Smallwood might need a rest, or maybe Doherty yeah. if he's been running a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, if I was going to drop, not drop, but it, give one of them a rest, probably Doherty because I think Smallwood sat out the Leeds game, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so then maybe Doherty's due for a rest. He's had three hard games in a week, so. Um. Maybe, yeah, maybe back, Batty in for Doherty. Um, and then, yeah, pro- I, look, I don't know. I actually, I, I'm just like, just throwing names at the top of my head, but I'm not really sure. I, because, like, yeah, I, I'd like to, I'd still like to win. I'd still like to win. And I think that the club would, that, that McCann still wants to win, I don't think, I don't think it's an unattainable. Sort of a sort of a game. Like I mean, it's a cup game, so anything can happen. We've seen some wild results over the past few years, particularly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of Device or Burke gets a rest, and probably and like Alfie Jones comes in. Um, 
I think he was the, the standout of the, the two that played uh, at Leeds, but I don't know. I just and, don't I, know. I, and I hadn't even considered that, of course, Burke is a former West Ham boy, and then, of course, the forgotten man in all of this is um, Samuelson, who I think even before when we were running through our forward options had completely forgotten. And he's, of course, he was essentially, he went the other way when Bowen went to um, to West Ham. So there's a couple of, and, and I think McCann used to play for West Ham as well. I think he said this would be his first time managing against them. So uh, there'll be a lot of reunions out there if, if everyone lines up the way that, that we expect. So... You're sort of saying this is a game that we could win. Do you do you um, go into it with any hope? Do you, do you do you go into it with more hope than the Leeds game, maybe because we've now shown that we can win against Premier League opposition? I think this will be a tougher game than the Leeds game, um, but I think we should hopefully we have. I would hope that we have learned from that Leeds game, and we created so many opportunities there that we just that we just didn't put away. Um, and even and because I think there was. One where Scott just had to yeah. just had to tap yeah, it yeah. in and inflict it, and I think it went wide of the post at the far post, the back post, and a couple of little ones like that. Where if they just make those count, you know, we win that game easy. And you would hope that you know, come tomorrow morning, they get those opportunities. Then hopefully we can actually put a couple of those those chances and take them because they're going to be harder to come by, I think, against West Ham than they were against Leeds. So I think it's attainable. I think you know, but. I, don't know. I want to be optimistic, but I, I think I think we might. I think we'll pro- actually go down. I think we'll lose two one, but um, I think it's, 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 it's a game that's that's yeah that's winnable. Yeah, well, look, I'm just hoping if we take it to penalties, I think given all the stats, it might actually work out in our favour. It seems our avenue of getting through in the cup at the moment. So, look, who knows? I, I, I tend to think that you're right. I think this game will be more challenging than that Leeds fixture. I think it's been a great run so far, beating a pre- taking a Premier League scout, particularly Leeds in the Cup. Um, I think the next round, though, I will say, I, I don't think it's until December. So even if we were to get through it, it shouldn't impact our fixtures too much. But look, I think having a bit of a, a breather for the boys and getting some rest into those legs is probably the main thing. So if we win, it'd be fantastic. We, we'd probably play Everton next, which is my best mates team. So that would be a fantastic fixture. But Look, if we lose, it's not the end of the world. That's my um, coaching team too. Oh, there you go. And look, you know, as a side to play, look, you know, Leeds, West Ham, Everton. Although Everton are looking a whole lot better this season, they're not the you know they're not Man City or Chelsea or someone like that. They're, they're games where if we approach it in the right way, they're winnable games. And and then all of a sudden, if if we you know looking pretty far ahead now, if we were to play and beat Everton, then suddenly you're in the you know pretty prestigious rounds of the cup. So. The path is there if, if we are able to, to do something. But, look, it's just West Ham tomorrow morning, see how we go um, and, and go from there. But, look, we then play Northampton this weekend, which is a um, another promoted club out of League Two managed by Keith Curl, who, who managed to get them promoted um, in June where they beat Exeter 4-0. So, um, look, a pretty impressive win for them coming up through the playoffs um, after this COVID-impacted season um, where they would have just basically played those three games. So had to be pretty switched on and focused to get through those games and up into the up into the division. Um, they've had a, a little bit of a mixed start to life in League One. They knocked off Cardiff pretty easily in the League Cup, which was quite surprising, beating them 3-0, um, and then drew, uh, drew 2-2, I think it was, to Wimbledon in their first league game, um, but then lost to Bristol City in their second League Cup game, um, um, but beat Shrewsbury in the league on the weekend. So 
reasonably positive results for them. Um, you know, losing to a championship club 4-0 isn't the end of the world for a recently League 2 club. Um, and taking four points from their first two games in the league is, is pretty impressive. So um, after, the, after the crew game, I don't think we can have any illusions of this being an easy game by any means, but it's certainly another game that we should be targeting for the three points, particularly with the way we've started the season. Yeah, I think um, we so far have put ourselves in a really good position. We're one of only three teams who have won both of their opening fixtures. Um, and, you know, if we could go three from three, we'd be really starting to make make a statement and, and, and put a marker down about how we expect this season to go. So I think it, it's a it's a it's a really important game, especially with with them being like just behind us as well. You know, and, and, and it is only two games, but only a couple of points behind. Already, you know, you win that, and there's a five point gap between you and and that team. So it it, um, it it starts to open up real quickly if you can keep putting wins on the board. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess in terms of the league, if we're start, sort of starting to see a best eleven starting to take shape. Um, we, we talked about him before, but I guess Ingram in goal is, is is starting to become quite clearly our number one option at this level. Um, Emmanuel and Elder potentially as our fullbacks, or, or would you say that Elder and Fleming, I guess, might be a bit more of a contested position? And look, even even Emmanuel and Coyle, Coyle was really impressive against Leeds as well. Um, he didn't get, we didn't really mention him before, but look, you know, in his first display was was really impressive as well. So there's genuine competition all over the park at the moment. Yeah, I think that was why I was struggling to to decide who was going to play against West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> you look and you go, well, there's not in a, so many positions across the field. It's not easy to see who is the number one and um, who's the number two. I think you, you mentioned Coyle had a great game against Leeds, some really well-timed tackles and things. I think Emmanuel offers us a little bit more offensively and going forward than Coyle does, but um, he's certainly a certainly a dependable um, deputy there at right back is, is Louis Coyle. So... Um, that's a that's a tough a tough call as well between those two. Yeah, definitely. So look, it's going to be an interesting game. They they play a three four two one formation if um, if the reports that I've been reading are correct, which is more of an it's quite an interesting formation. Um, I guess you could also view that as like a, a three five three five three almost really, um, depending on how they line up, but. Um, or, or even really like a five three two or something. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how they line up. Anyway, it's 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 one of the more unusual formations. So mm. to see how we we um we go against that because of course we are the four three three FC. We don't really change our shape too much. So at this level, it seems to be going okay. We're not really coming up with anyone that can um, undo us so far. But um, look, it'll be an interesting game. I think, I think as we said, it, it's sort of one that we can target for those three points and starts a bit of a, a bit of a gap between us and the, uh, the challenges um, and, and really sort of put the pace at the top of the table. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think um, we just could go out there keep doing what we've been doing and, and we'll, I think we'll get a result. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining me tonight, Dan. It's been a, been a long one, but a good one. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure to um, come on, especially after such a nice week and, you know, long may it continue. Absolutely. Hopefully it does continue into another couple of wins in the next two days. As always, thank you for listening in. If you can, give us a like, leave a comment, 
share us around. It's always great to get new listeners and new viewers on the podcast. Um, I've also put the link in the description for our Patreon. If, if you're able to sign up to the Patreon, it would mean so much to us to, to get your support and, and to hopefully start to produce some really exciting content for our patrons as well, which we're, we're looking to do in the next couple of weeks um, as we start to look back on the decade that was for City, 2010 to 2020. There's a few interesting years in there with interesting moments. So um, that'll be great to, to have a go with as well. But otherwise, until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter, at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back.